Our focus today is on one word with two syllables. Deeply reflect and observe to discuss and debate a common simple word in the English language. The word can be found in the dictionary of your choice. It really doesn't matter. Or does it? The word is control. Yes, control. And this may be perhaps, perhaps, the most important word in any language, in the English language, a hybrid of Latin and Chinese. It may be the most important concept. The word controls everything in our lives. Everything. Controlled desires, sexually and otherwise. Bodily functions, overeating, anger management, joy and elation. Control the breath, the money we make and the money we spend, the time we spend watching television, and maybe most importantly, the control over our own ego. Control. That's the word. So what's the um, what's the sort of plan? I I didn't. Uh, uh, I mean, and I can still we can still certainly go back to some of the conversation we had when we had our last long conversation. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, well, yeah. There were some points there. We. I mean, but what's what is it that you want to sort of kind of guide? How you want to guide this? Well, I mean, we were talking about this on on WhatsApp, sort of getting a general idea about the direction we wanted to go with it, and uh, I really liked your suggestion to use the environment of this talk as, as an example or as a, a reflection of what we're talking about. And that being um, generally uh, a safe space to yes. um, let your creativity unfold and evolve naturally. Right. And yeah. just just as a in the moment uh, impression, just hearing you say that, what I find also sometimes becomes an impediment to being, let's say, creatively free flowing, is your own awareness, your own awareness of the technology that's recording you. So, in a sense, you consciously and unconsciously perform for the microphone. Yeah. So because you know it's on, in a way, it's dictating to a certain extent how you are how you're creating. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying it can be both. It can be an impediment in a negative way. It can be a a tool in a positive way. Right. So so I think it becomes a matter of going back to what we talked about in terms of if you're aware of the technology, for example, recording you, okay, whether it's a camera or a microphone, it's how do you not let that, the, the process of you going through the electronics inhibit your creativity? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a really, that's a really. And I think it does. If you watch people, if you watch people being interviewed either audio wise or on camera all the time, if you, if you just step back and you're just watching it, whether it's a TV thing or whether you walk by someone being interviewed live, 
you can see a body language or an inflection or a way people kind of express themselves that is being dictated by the microphone and the, the lens. And so I don't, I don't bring that up in any other way, just, but just to kind of bring attention to it yeah, in the it, sense. Yeah. I mean, it's a very real thing. Um, I did uh, a little experiment with myself to challenge that exact aspect of myself to get better at. Um, so it was a comfort challenge basically. And I created a series of videos where I would just hit record on the camera and that was it. I knew that at the end of it, there was no cuts, no edits, no taking out mistakes, pauses, ums, ands, anything. And I did that to put myself at the forefront. And there are a lot of really awkward, awkward moments in there and maybe even cringeworthy. Um, but the, the, the thing was, I, I stated to myself consciously, this is a safe space where mistakes and all are welcome. And I think that really helped me to relax into that. And right. there were a lot less of those performance, um, uh, what do you call it? Like It's trust. Yeah. It ends up becoming a trust of yourself. You almost trust, you have to trust, and you almost have to also trust that if something doesn't come out the way you like it, that you have to trust that that's okay. You know, so it's how you deal with that. And so I think that's a big part of all of this, whether we're just like you and I are just sitting around having a coffee or a beer or something, or whether we're, you know, going through wires and technology and lenses and microphones. The point is, is that um, when you're feeling your pinnacle in terms of your, not only your creativity, but your ability to communicate and go back and forth, uh, give and take with people, whether it's one other person or a group of people, you have to, in a sense, have a, a sort of a form of confidence or you wouldn't be there. You, you would just break apart into pieces if you, if you didn't know that you're at some point, sometime you're going to make some sort of faux pas, you know, you're going to either stutter or say the wrong pronounce a word wrong or maybe come up with some concept with your friends or what have you that is really ridiculous or absolutely some, you know for and for some people they would just literally crack and so that's why in a sense i put myself through this regiment of creating things like the things that i send you every day or every other day or several times a week and it's it's almost like it's no finished product. What it is, is it's almost like my sketch pad that I'm saying, hey, check this out, Ben. This is just a little sketch pad, you know? Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no sort of a attachment to it as being something great or like transformational per se. But what it is, is it's like saying, look, I took a chance and did a little doodle. You know what I mean? And so it's almost like, here, I drew out this little, this little character and, um, it, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not Picasso, <laughs> but it's sort of an example of like saying, hey, if we all just played and let it flow and didn't self-criticize and just let it develop and sort of got in, this is maybe a strong way of putting it, but sort of fell in love with the process hmm. and made sure that we just put ourselves into the process and, and, and leave it at that, then 
maybe just at the end of the day, what become what comes out of it isn't some you know wonderful thing that we edit and produce and you know a trillion people love it. It ends up becoming just something that feels good to do. It, it's something that just helps you your life feel a little more connected, you know. And so uh, I think that's an example of that last piece I sent you. It's like. I didn't preconceive, you know, the the words. I just sort of said the words like da 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 da, and then just started laying sort of music underneath it, right? Right. And so, just to explain like what we're talking about with the the little sketches that you've been working on and sending me, um, yeah. Uh, like, how would you describe those? I, I would I would describe them as moments of unbridled inspiration that are it's a it's an initial burst of formless kind of energy that feels like it needs a channel and what i do is i give myself i give myself the the okay the or the uh what's the word it's i give myself the permission to go with the flow usually i'll know that i'm going to lay down something vocally it could be just saying something out of thin air i'm not 99 of the time it's not coming out of a notebook or you know it could be inspired by anything in the nanosecond i go with it it could evolve into some noises or screams or <laughs> singing it could be anything. It could be just this kind of vocalization talking. And it's it's become sort of habitual in that I, I feel the inspiration. I real, realize it's raw in the moment. There's no expectation of any final result. But it's a just a, I'm giving myself the permission to just go. And it's basically hit record and blah. And then I could hit pause or I could let it run or I could, I could go back and, and then generally what happens is I will let it run. I will let that inspiration run. Let's say it's 15 seconds, 20, 30, a minute. And then I will go back in and I will edit in or edit around what it is. I think sounds kind of interesting. Maybe if something is a little bit kind of, messy or awkward i'll i'll play with it i'll, I'll make mu i'll make fun of a moment i'll literally uh, i'll literally find a space in between that sounds like it needs something and i'll literally i'll stop it i'll cue it and then i'll think to myself what's the first thing i think about and i'll instantaneously do something it could be a blurt of a scream a uh, hum it could be anything okay it could be a siren going by and so, and I just, I, I allow myself just to, to just go with it. And so what it is, it's almost like a, sometimes it just, just by, by chance, it, it creates a form of its own just by allowing the progress in the process. So it's a, it, it's almost the, the key factor is, is to give myself that, you know that that it's the warrant to do and i realize if i just do it i'll feel better 
without having any attachment to, oh, is this good? Does it sound good? Is it layered right? Is it going to offend anybody? Is it going to offend me? Is, is, it, is it too sexual? Is it too racial? Is it too political? Is it too goofy? I try not to put any label on it. And then uh, I just have trust that it will create some level of form. Some things have better beginnings, middles, and ends. Some things just have beginnings and middles and they don't have any ends. Right. Some things have all beginnings and it doesn't have any resolution. So I almost have no conscious control over that. I don't, I don't, I don't put that on top of it. Although I think if there were to be an audience, which, you know, I laugh because there's sort of a level of embarrassment when I think, you know, this is not everybody's cup of tea when they start listening to some of these sort of sketches. But the thing is, is that it doesn't matter. I could have a million of these things. It could take up 400 million gigabytes by the end of my life <laughs> and sit in some, you know, you know, a thousand terabyte hard drive somewhere and never see the light of day. And it won't matter because so often just going through the process feels cathartic. Hold on. We are in contact. Loud and clear. You're breaking up. Be silent, be calm. Has there been a time where you have felt stifled? By yourself by say like thinking about oh how's this going to turn out or expecting a certain outcome from your creativity like where like where did this start for you you know like because you haven't always been creating these audio uh, uh expression sessions i'm gonna i'm gonna, just gonna put that label i i think i think the original motivation to even start doing something sort of outside the box now i try to take very I try to make a big effort not to put any heavy criticism on anything. And I try to actually, what I really try to do to, to kind of keep a momentum, to keep a zaniness or a energy is to just have fun. You know, now sometimes I will be melancholy, you know, when I do something or, you know, my mood will be different. Um, it's generally, you know, I'm generally coming from a very, um, introspective and somewhat uh, also introspective, but also silly sort of vibe, you know? So it's sort of this mix of introspective and sort of maybe even a little dark, and yet it also has an extreme level of, absur of absurdity. Yeah. I really try to play up the absurdity because I feel that you know, mostly in today's sort of information age, it feels like we want to understand everything. So we're seeking, we, you know, we kind of use the internet, for example, to get information, collect information to see, you know, what's true, what's, you know, what's resonating, you know? And, and so sometimes I'm trying to just, I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to create something that's definable. I'm trying to create something that can resonate 
but you can't necessarily put your thumb on it. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, I mean, I think that is one definition of authenticity because I feel when, when someone's expressing themselves authentically, you cannot replicate that. There is no formula for that. You can listen to it a hundred times and get the same phraseology or try and combine the same elements that you do with like the, abs the, the absurdity and the silliness and the play and the melancholy. But it has this, this energy behind it that only you can produce. That's how I feel anyway. And so, well, and I think this is the bigger point you're making actually, I think the, you know, you're kind of taking this to in a way where we want to go. And that is that, how does one live authentically? How does one, how do you, how do you, not only do you live, how do you, how can you make the, your essential life force be authentic and not authentic in the sense that, and I think you just said it, is that not authentic in that you're trying to perform authenticity so that you appear, you're, you're, you're trying to appear authentic to people, but you actually are authentic. Yeah. And there's a difference. Big I difference. Think there's a big difference. And I think that what's, you know, it, the thing that pops into my, my mind in a way is trying to reach a level of consistency that is natural and and that and that it's not forced and that it its purpose is to make a true connection as opposed to dazzling or and look you know there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with dazzling or humoring or what have you that's all fantastic all that can that can all be authentic too to authentically dazzle to authentically make fun of or be comedic or to be serious but i think there's a real fine line and uh, the one word that popped into mind when you brought when you mentioned the word authenticity or authentic is is happy accident and <laughs> So often when we're trying to over control a situation or, or whether it's because of fear or because it's power or whatever it is, it's that we do the things we do. I, I think that when we allow, when we don't have a, we're not overly focused on the result and instead focused on going through the process, whatever that is. Now, it could be planting a garden, but you realized in order to plant the garden, there are certain steps you have to go through in terms of preparing the soil and nourishing the soil and how you put a plant in, the type of plant and how it is planted and when it's planted. And, and so what I'm saying to you, I'm no gardener. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to tell you that I know anything about gardening or putting plants in per se, but I'm saying it takes a process. And if you take that, for example, if I'm planting flowers, let's say, there's something inherently enjoyable when you allow yourself to get your hands dirty and kind of open a hole in the ground and put in fertilizer or manure or whatever it is you're putting in that hole to nourish that flower or vegetable or whatever, that tree. And you could you go through the process and, and you plant and then you water and you, there's no guarantee that that plant is going to become anything. It could, it could die. Hmm. 
But even the process of you kind of nurturing those moments forward into giving that little plant life, there's something inherently authentic about giving yourself to that kind of a moment, you know? And so the stuff that we're talking about in terms of when, when it comes down to re- creativity and authenticity and it's similar, you know, it, there's, Absolutely. A, there, there's a similarity in terms of how we, we attach ourselves to the process and whether it's constrained or whether it's open and free flowing. You know, I can say just just as a, just as a side note, just the the latest sort of little sketch I sent you today. I did something different that I've never done, and I call it a progression. You know, again, it's not like anything great by any means. It's just a progression by going through the process, and the progression is what I'm speaking of in terms of the progression is just the simple getting to know GarageBand better. Right. That progression by literally taking the time and saying, okay, I'm going to put at least 25, 30, 45 minutes into this expression using GarageBand. It's not going to only be about what it is I say, but it's going to be how I layer it with all of the other bells and whistles, which I don't know how to use yet because I haven't used GarageBand enough. And so, but, but I realized that- But it's an evolution, yeah. it's an evolution because the, the, the early sketches you, you sent me, by commitment and, and, and providing yeah. this safe environment, we were talking about safe environments as well when we were talking on, on WhatsApp, uh, for this creativity, for your creativity to uh, show up and naturally evolve and grow and you're so that's what came to mind when you were saying you know you plant this this seed or this flower and you put the soil in and you water it but there's no guarantee it turns into anything but when you say that i think my interpretation is it doesn't it might not turn into anything that someone's going to be like oh wow that's something but right. that, but it's still something it's just not, right. it might not be notable or like turn a lot of heads um yeah and see i think i think it's it's the it's it's it's, it's the consistency of showing up and 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 giving yourself the permission to create these things which has uh given birth to this evolution it's just happened by itself yes. you, you haven't you haven't exactly. sat down one day and be like you know what it's time to step it up and i'm going to do these things differently so i step up it's just like you know what I feel like doing this today and I feel like just checking and it comes from a place of curiosity instead of, of I need to dazzle or I need to be, I need to really take this seriously now and, right. and, and make this, <laughs> make this into something that people are going to be like, Oh my God, Mark, wow, this is impressive. Well, and this, and so to, to get back to this little sketch I sent you today, the thing that's interesting about today's sketch, which is completely different than anything I've done. And that is, you know, again, I, I preface it by saying it's just it, it's just my notebook, right? And so it's like I'm not we're not talking about like you know record deals and um, you know tours around the world here because of a because of a sketch. The point you see that's jumping to that's that's having an uh, an end result. You know, connect. That's uh, uh, that's see by saying those things. That's sort of like end result jumping from like C to Z. You know, and so. The point I'm making is is that what I did today is I said, okay, today I'm going to lay down a vocal, just a a spoken word. 
I'm not even going to be attached to what those words are. I'm just going to go with what it is and I'm going to just lay it out. And then I'm going to put one layer of something. And so I listened to the vocal a few times and then I heard something in my head. Oh, this would sound really good if I just did this. So I went into GarageBand and I found the closest thing I could find to that lot, that next layer. Okay. So that's why if you listen to the last thing I sent you, there's four or five progressions. And the first progression has the vocal and it has the first layer. And then it loops again and it gives you the same vocal with two layers. Of, of like a backing beat, I guess you would yes. call it, or a, like yeah. a background loop well, of this, drums. Yeah. Like today, the second one was the drums. The first one was some sort of an organ or something, I think. Some... No, some sort of noise. I can't remember what it was, but anyway. So, so what I was doing is, is I wanted to test myself. The idea was, is see, to me, here's the other thing. See, I'm all about, it's, I'm fine doing something, producing it, working it. And if it takes hours, days, weeks, fine. I'm okay with that. But there's something about these particular expressions, these sketches, the special part of it is, is that these are all being produced in a total of about 25 or 30 minutes. So I'm not trying to overproduce. That's the other thing. I'm trying to keep a certain, you know, you use the word authenticity. We will probably come up with some others, but I'm trying to keep it to where I'm not overly doing it. Now, some of them I'll go in and I'll reproduce and re-edit and put, take in and put put in things and take things out. But mostly it's it sticks, it stays to that sort of very confined amount of time so today the, the progression was the idea was to see if I could match. So I hit a layer, I put in a drum, I then think, okay, well, this would sound cool. I'm thinking in my head, let's see, what does it need? What does it need? And then I, and then I'd go find the closest thing. And so what you're hearing in terms of my process, in terms of the sketch is that I'm allowing myself to imagine and actualize. I'm taking words because i know that generally speaking my voice is pretty rich i have a pretty i have the capability of be having a very warm voice and really being able to bring it down and resonate and it has a very calming sort of effect just on the tonal qualities by itself regardless of what i say now if i start matching the voice with really cool shit i know it gets to be really fun right so the words can be anything but the thing is is that the words can be anything but if i let myself authentically create some sentence and it sounds good then i go with it it becomes a matter of time versus the choices we make in our everyday existence outside of dreamland now the fight is on it becomes a matter of time versus the choices we make in our everyday existence outside of dreamland now the fight is on it becomes a matter of time versus the choices we make in our everyday existence outside of dreamland. Now the fight is on. 
becomes a matter of time versus the choices we make in our everyday existence outside of dreamland. Now the fight is on. It becomes a matter of time versus the choices we make in our everyday existence outside of dreamland. You don't have to be, you know, uh, Jay-Z to create something. And my feeling is, is that if you have just, if you put just the basic effort into your own creations, you're not trying to be Jay-Z. You're just trying to be you. And even if, like I said, that thousand terabytes that you collect over the course of your lifetime living in, you know, some hard drive, um, even if it doesn't see the light of day, even if, you know, that experience made your life more alive, then why wouldn't you do it? You know? So it's not attached to a final result. It's not attached to making a buck. Now, mind you, that would be interesting, actually. It would be actually interesting to, to create parallel creations where in one creation, you're letting yourself just create, like we're talking about here. You're just trying to be the most authentic, you know, um, jack of all trades, vocals, whatever it is you're trying to poetically put out, just let it fly. And then parallel that with, okay, I've got to make $1,000 this week doing something with this microphone and this garage van. And I'm just wondering how far I'd actually freaking get. I wonder how far I'd get. Yeah, because instantly you know? the, the focus is more on the, the outcome and how good something is, you know. Suddenly we're focused yeah, like on how... Like me, like me, somebody like me. Right. Somebody listen to me. So the quality... You have to the, listen to me. The creativity will, will, will take, sort of be infused by that outcome mindset, I believe. I mean, I've experienced that myself. Um, just doing the podcast every week. It's been a great outlet for getting used to speaking into a microphone, getting more comfortable with it. And I'm at a point now where it feels pretty comfortable. Like it's, I'm, I'm not really freaked out by the, the recording setup anymore. But when I was, it added to this outcome-driven mindset because I'm like, oh my God, all this recording gear means I'm trying to make something. And it looks kind of professional and I'm so I'm trying to make something professional, but are the words I'm saying professional, you know, do I have a professional attitude? Did I prepare a professional outline that's going to be interesting to other people? And already I'm, I feel like there's a sense of doubt that comes into uh, the creative process there um, when I go down that path. And that, I mean, you can listen back to any of the early episodes I did and there are very obvious edits where I've cut out really awkward pauses and silences. They're all fine, but I cut them out because I'm just having a really hard time on the other end of the microphone, doubting that what I'm saying has any value or interest to anyone at all. And then once well, I hit stop... this is a big topic. Yeah, it's This just is true. a big topic. But I just want to finish. Once, once I hit stop on that and sort of edit it together, and then I come back to it, 
Actually, no, even before editing, I come back to the raw material after like, say, a day or two has passed and I listen to it. Suddenly I'm in listener mode instead of producer mode. And I listen to it, I'm like, man, this guy's saying some pretty interesting things. Like not everything mm -hmm. is amazing. It doesn't have to be. But, you know, there's a few key points, a few key takeaways always within every episode. And I went through this process over and over again before I could trust that, you know what, like I have some genuine uh, offering. I don't have to doubt that anymore because I know that's my intention. And um, even if I'm doubting that in the moment, what gets recorded, as long as I still hold on to that intention I, and I prepare, you know, some kind of outline or plan, mm -hmm. I'm good. Like it doesn't matter how, how much... Uh, how critical I'm being or how much doubt it's in my body at that time. As long as I just keep taking those steps, I will produce something of value. There seems like a divide in the sense that when it comes to conversations and when it comes to talking about topics with, with some level of essential quality, it, it just feels like it's hard to get there feels like people aren't willing to to be a little bit more raw and truthful because there's a fear that you know you might have to maybe defend your point of view or that someone won't like what you're saying and so we tend to it seems like it we tend to go inward we go into our smartphones we we hide in you know in, in certain ways. So what I'm getting at is that if we're looking to catch, you, you know, magic or happy accidents or profound moments, what does that take? What does that take to, to the, you know, capturing these things without it being about our ego? Oh, Mark said something clever. Oh, Ben said something clever. How do we get beyond wanting to, to look clever to one another? to look genius, to look artistic, to look creative and just be, you know, feeling the, the, the authenticity in the moment, you know, and that that's enough. It doesn't have to be overly. Yes. Sometimes it, I love when it's over the top and funny or dazzling or what have you, but I'm saying to you, how do we take our life and our, our communication to, to one another and take it beyond just, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, really? What are you doing? What are you up to? Oh, I just walked the dog, and then I had a, a bagel and um, took a shower. And the weather's kind of nice today, so I think I'm going to probably take a walk in the park. And you know what I mean? And so we do these sorts of things every day. And when you think about cum the accumulation of just sort of the, you know, the time passing, you know, I, I guess coming full circle, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of questioning how is it that, you know, how is it that we make our moments more, you know, alive, more fulfilling, more real, uh, more, uh, you know, less, you know, how do we make our, our lives to where we don't live regretfully. How okay. do we make our lives? 
Well, there's a a huge, huge topic, I think. Um, But a few things come to mind. Uh, I think a huge asset. Well, I'm just going to list a few of them. So courage, the courage to uh, step outside your comfort zone. And and if if you ask someone, oh, how are you doing? And they say, yeah, I'm pretty good. And you can sense maybe they're not so good. To really ask them, like, call them on what, it. What's going? Like, no, just tell me what's going on. If, if the, you know, if it's appropriate, um, you know, if you have that kind of friendship set up, of course. But the courage to do that, the courage to enter into that dialogue, mm. um, I think that's one of the things. But before that, is the awareness in the moment, awareness to uh, just step back from everything that's going on and listen. Just listen mm. to the sounds going on. I mean, I'm a big advocate of obviously coming back into the present moment because it makes so much, uh, so many things so much simpler and, and, and offers a lot of relief, especially from strong emotions or um, any kind of confusion or doubt or fear that's going on. It's, it's just so simple and so powerful. Um, so I think that getting used to coming into that moment offers a freshness and um and it 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 you're a bit closer so when you enter a conversation and you're already you know a little bit sort of tuned into what's going on in the moment i've found for me those alive dynamic responses come very naturally it's not something like i have to consciously decide oh i'm gonna infuse some uh, energy or some real-time sort of authenticity into this conversation. Right. It just happens because I'm being very present. And the last thing I want to touch on is my intention. Is my intention to impress them with what I'm about to say or the questions I'm going to ask, or is it to connect with them? You know, is it to connect mm. with the person and hear them, share a moment with them, discuss something with them, or is it to prove and like build myself up or like, you know, show them my trophies, you know, kind of thing. I think we come in and out of that. I think that's all about being, uh, again, like using the word authentic or being real or being uh, present. Um, I I think playing that check game on ourselves in terms of our ego is is a lifelong journey. I mean, this is why... You have, you know, and you know this as well as I do, this is why you have Eastern religions and so forth that put people on, you know, on journeys, put them on, you put them into meditation, you know, people have to, you know, go inside themselves. There's plenty of religions that put people on, you know, long journeys of self-realization and self-reflection. I th- I think I think there's a sort of a, a never-ending uh, process to it, but I think at a basic level to achieve authentic interaction with with bet- between people, I think all that's required is uh, getting to know when your uh, your uh, personal identi- identity or your personal gratification uh, mode is active. So, getting to know how that feels in your body. When, you know, I feel that getting to know how superiority feels when you're trying to prove your worth or trying to like, you know, make yourself sound or appear bigger than you are, that's mm. not authentic. So there's a, there's a stepping out of the what actually is 
the the truth in that moment when that happens and i've noticed that you can always feel it within the body somehow so um i think just the two main ones that i've become almost hyper aware of because i've found it so helpful to sense them and then once i've sensed them I'm like oh, okay i'm trying to i'm tr- i feel like i need to prove myself to this person so then i can step out of it and then i can be like okay no just bring it back let's connect right. with them i don't have to prove anything so the two ones are feeling superior what does that feel like in your body and the other one is feeling inferior what does that feel like and and, and also what are your common reactions when you feel either one of those so you can sort of it's like setting up an alarm system. I've talked with other people about this before. It's uh, that's that's how I go go about it, and I think it's just not necessary to dive to the deepest depths of the ego and all its inner workings and things it can do. And you can stay at a, at a surface level and and manage it from there very effectively, and still have genuine, authentic connection with people. To simplify this, this is what I'm hearing, and I'll use one word. Just be honest with yourself. So don't don't over what, you, what I hear almost what you're saying is don't psychoanalyze, you know, get into the um, the union um, nuts and bolts or the Freudian nuts and bolts here. Just say, just be honest with yourself in the present. Be able to check in with yourself in such a, a, a way. Where, you know, it, you know, this brings up a topic, you know, in terms of what we do to bullshit other people or what we do to bullshit ourselves or what we do to not bullshit other people or bullshit ourselves. You know, this is sort of like the thing of our lives. You know, you don't, you can't control someone else to a certain extent. You can't, I'm not saying that, you know, that your presence and your, what you give in, in a space doesn't have an effect on somebody, but you can't ultimately, for the most part, you can't ultimately affect what someone's going to do. You can only affect what you do. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is such a general sort of like, well, duh, Mark, you know what I mean? Unless you are a hypnotist who has super, you know, powers of, and I'm not saying we don't have those powers. I'm just saying, you know, relatively speaking, we just are trying to be honest and not only honest with the people we interact with but honest with ourselves and so and again that takes courage to to be that self-honesty that level of self-honesty to really look at what we're working with that takes courage and i think courage is built on trust um and you need to trust that you're going to be okay no matter what you find when you look at yourself i mean there's there's been aspects i've discovered about myself and like, oh, okay, I'm not going to open that door in a very long time ever again because it's frightened me or it makes me feel really bad or less than or something. But um, it's there. That part of me is there. And that, you know, I have to be honest with myself if I'm going to acknowledge it and begin to to work with it or just be with it when it's present. And, and yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. But you know, I I don't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to say that in the mid late '80s and early '90s, I was doing a lot of journal writing, and it was a lot of free, you know, just sort of free flowing stuff. And I I made myself. I, I should pull these journals out. I haven't done it for a long time, but I made myself exclude me, my you, me, my you, your those sorts of 
are those pronouns? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I attempted not to put them in any of the writing, and just as a an experiment, and I did it for years. And I'd be curious to go back and see what the hell I was talking about in those journals because I I can't remember for the life of me what I what I would have written down without I me my you your you know um, I just know I was like really like like you said like it was important to me to for this exercise and I have no idea what it accomplished to be honest with you well exactly but I I think that kind of brings us back to the topic of authenticity and also the safe space to let your creativity flow. Um, and you mentioned journaling and we were speaking before about your audio creations, um, as environments to explore this stuff. And I think that a little exercise with excluding those, uh, I think they're called personal pronouns more exactly. Personal pronouns. Yeah. yeah. Um, that little exercise in excluding them is just another form of play. I see it like, you know, I see it like, or investigation or, it's like you're trying on a new suit or a new costume. You're like, hmm, how does this feel if I just eliminate all these words from my vocabulary? Or how does this feel if I only talk to these kinds of people or whatever it may be? And I see that as integral to discovering what it is you care about, how you like to create, what you like talking about, and, and, and all the rest of it. So there are certain arenas that, or environments that allow us to do that more freely. And one of the biggest ones for me is um, journaling or writing. And Mm -hmm. I I call it free writing. So it's just free association and and stream of consciousness style writing where anything and everything goes. Um, And just showing up. I mean, that's a tool that features in the the artist's way uh it's Mm. you know a book for unblocking or rediscovering your own um creativity if it is blocked or you know you've never found it before so showing up doing these 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 morning pages they call them in there i prefer the term free writing because it really you know you can do it whenever you want doesn't have to be in the morning free writing and free mantle (laughs) free writing and free mantle every day you know, you, you think like, what what is this actually doing? Is you know, is this doing anything? Me just doing this stream of consciousness every day. But again, if we get, step into this outcome driven mindset, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, where are the where is the product? Where is the end result? Where where are the results? And it, it it's it's it doesn't. You can't com- you can't compare it. You just can't compare it. When you write something. If you go back to that writing, and this is just for me, I, I would think that it's similar for you or anybody else, but if you go back days, weeks, months, years, and look at that writing, that day, that time of day, that you start to remember details of when you wrote what you wrote. And so on a certain level, what you write doesn't always, isn't really the most important thing. Maybe what becomes more important is what it triggers in terms of the reality of the reflection. And then you start realizing, oh, it was the weather was such this way and the temperature was that way. And you start remembering details. And those are undeniable, authentic, true, real experiences that nobody can take away from you. And when you wake up in the morning, 
and you look up and see that little kooby in the sky, it makes you want to go crazy. Yeah, crazy! We haven't we haven't talked much about your experience as an actor, someone who performs in front of a camera or a microphone or whatever it may be. You've given some examples, but um, have you like you do these audio sketches and they're a way to sort of explore and just give your creative or uh, expressive output uh, impulses and an outlet. Have you got any similar? outlets in the acting world or have you um have you found any sort of safe spaces you can provide your creativity in the form of act uh in the form of performance in the acting world does that make sense that was a very complicated question but no i mean i I think taking the theme of safe spaces i think this is always well, I speak for myself because you know other people have different processes, but it's something you have to work at in order for it to be safe. So, in other words, when when I hear you use safe spaces, it brings to mind something that's sort of similar to having a level of confidence and sort of a peacefulness in allowing yourself to express yourself and create without self-criticism and let that be good enough. Let it be good enough without then triggering whether it's internal embarrassment or, oh, it's not good enough or, and so when you say, okay, as an actor creating this safe space, I think it's an ongoing process and it's a muscle and it's something that atrophies if you don't pay attention to it. And and in a way that's, that's why I forced myself to, to do these just sketches the sketches that have become audio sketches that have now become more you know kind of kind of playing around with the garage band came out of the journal writing how did that happen how did that happen how do you well there there was a there was a realization that if i paid attention non-critically to just letting myself write you know i'll give you an example of one of my an early writing, maybe seven or eight years ago. I put this in my journal. It's it's a very memorable one. When Theo hears his kibble hit his bowl, he knows it's time to eat. Which is to say, when I take a can of kibble out of the bag and I pour it into his metal bowl and it goes clank, 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 clank into the bowl and you can hear those little kibbly things smashing against the stainless steel bowl, he knows it's time to eat. So that's, that's a real moment that's happened hundreds, thousands of times in the last eight years where when you, when you start to break that down, you start to see a precious moment. You see 
it's time for the dog to eat. He smells and hears certain sounds. And he comes, even if he's 50 feet away, he'll come because those are signals that it's his turn to eat. And so that's a very precious little authentic moment that I will never forget because it's a, it's a, it's a life affirming realization of a dog's life in my life and my life in the dog's life. And there's a lot of love and care and attention to, to nurturing just from that, that moment. And so putting that in the journal, instead of me stopping myself and saying, oh, that's stupid dog, here's kibble, hit bowl, and comes running, that's ridiculous. Why would I ever fucking write that down? But you see my point. Why not write it down? Why not? And so why not write down anything that resonates or is true in, in its authenticity in the moment? Why not? And not be connected to it meaning anything. It doesn't have to mean anything. It can just be real to you in the moment. And so... The, and the sense I get, though, there is there was a connection there's a connection to those words f for you, you know? And, and also, I just want to say, uh, present moment realization. Because that sentence that you just said, it's a very present observation. Very clear, concise terms, words, into a one sort of action and reaction sentence. And for me, when you were saying it, I mean, it was the tone of voice and everything you were using, but it really brought me down to a, a quiet, slow pace to really pay attention. And I felt mm. like I entered back into the authentic moment that you experienced and recorded with your writing. Well, and, and the original question was, is that, okay, so that journal writing has morphed into, okay, well, if I can just be free-flowing in writing, which has its own sort of place, that's sort of the physical, there's the physicalness of writing, right? And it's not typing. Okay, it could be typing too. I'm not saying it can't be. But generally, it's the process of literally writing. Something about writing, how it comes out of your brain, through your hand, through a pen or pencil onto paper and the way that forms is a completely different experience in my opinion than like type, 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 right? And so now it's taking that and doing it on voice notes, voice audio, garage band and applying the same sort of free flow and not and not stopping the creativity when it starts to come and not, not stopping it when it may sound a little gruff or a little, you know, political or a little 
violent or a little sexual. Right. And the that filters, to me because, the filters that come yeah, in. Yeah, the filters. And this is this to me starts to feel like something essential just for my own process, my own living, my own progression as a human. When I can let myself do those things, say those things, be in that moment and be in that emotion, be, you know, within a certain either coherent moment or incoherent moment, sexual moment, political moment, social, cultural, whatever. I mean, I'm putting all kinds of labels on this and it doesn't do it justice because the moment, the moment itself isn't putting those labels on it. The moment is just trying to live and break out and be free on its own. Yeah. And that that's, and that's the, that's what the environment facilitates of, of, of journaling. I, th I think, uh, well, I know that by just entering into this practice regularly, you get more used to just recording, translating. It's almost translating. What is your experience in that moment without the filters? But it's channeling. It it's is. Channeling. It really is channeling. As 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 much as some people might be like, oh come on, like that's you know how can you prove that or whatever. But it really but you see, does see the feel criticism. Like, and it's yeah, exactly. That's me. Um, that's sort of a part of no, me. No, but that's them. But that's someone else saying, oh, that's not only you saying, oh come on, channeling. That's someone saying. Oh, Ben, you're not channeling. That's 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 spiritual hocus pocus. Well, you know, let's that's... just say. I mean, we can still use that word channeling, but maybe we can clarify. I mean, if if people don't like the spiritual sense of that, but just channeling what's internal into the external in the form of words. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's still relevant. And and I've found as I keep doing it, those filters. Initially, I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do free writing every morning. All right, I'm going to start. And I, I was still in this mind at the time I was in, at university and I wanted to become a screenwriter and I was studying filmmaking. And so I'd sit down and write and all these like screenwriting filters came in and like, okay, you have to write really visually and just with, you know, action and all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, and then after a while that fell that, you know, that just like that layer stripped back. And then there was another layer that I was working with or another filter or another sort of uh, criticism. Like, I'm like, this is just boring. Like, who's going to want to read this? Or you've got nothing interesting to write about. I mean, these are just examples. I can't remember exactly what I was thinking about. But it's incredible that this tool, this environment provided just by a piece of paper and a pen. You know, you just have... That's it. And you can strip back layer after layer of these filters or the inner critic any piece that isn't in the moment and authentically you comes to the surface and you can write it down you can explore it through words i've talked a lot about that on the podcast um or you can just watch it go go right by and I just find that fascinating. What a powerful tool that is. I mean, it costs like, what, not even $2 to go and buy a notebook and a, and a pen. And the mm. power of it to explore yourself and to uh, evolve from that process of translating or channeling 
what's happening to you in this very moment is is, is just tremendous. Um, mm. And it, it's it's limitless. It's li literally limitless. And I think that points to truth. I think, uh, and that makes you limitless. It's a limitless process, and it makes you limitless. It's empowering when you think about it in that way. It's yeah, very, very empowering. Much, very much. Very empowering. And so in a way, I'm trying to transfer that whole essence of what you sort of described into, in, ter in, ter in terms of an electronic experience. Um, you know, blasting out something vocal vocally, you know, um, something sing-songy or just something, just, you know, spoken word. And just, just do it. It's just, it's just saying to myself, I'm just going to do this. And I just don't give a shit what the result is. It's just, I'm going to enjoy the process. I'm going to enjoy the process. And that's part of getting back to creating the space is that wherever that is, whether it's in your studio or in your car, which I find high percentage of what I've been doing lately in terms of the sketches you get, high percentage, I'm going to say 85% plus sitting in my car on the street somewhere in Los Angeles. And here's the thing that's beautiful about this is that my car becomes a studio. It's somewhat sheltered for the most part from noise. It does, yeah, cars driving by and so, so forth, but I'm usually on a pretty quiet street. Most of, so, so then on top of that, the beauty of it is this. I'm almost in a public place. So people walking by or driving by might see me screaming or talking or doing whatever. And if they're seeing me do these things in my physical antics, they're thinking that guy needs mental help. You know, they're, they're looking at me, right? Because I'm then I'm also sometimes I'm repeating, like if I'm screaming something and I record it and then I go back and I don't, if it doesn't quite, maybe it's a little bit too distorted. I'll do it again. Right. Scream so, again. so, so yeah, I'll scream again. So it's not like, so yes, there is some criticism there in terms of, see, I, I think there's, there's, it's one thing to be critical of your creativity itself, your, your present, you know, raw creativity. It's another thing to be critical of the technical quality. You see, there's a difference. Okay. There's a difference in the sense that if I'm yelling and it's just like blowing your eardrums out and it's just like, I, you know, it's going to give you a headache. I'll want to maybe tone it down just a little bit, give you the same effect, but not blow your eardrums out. And, you know, so it becomes more of a technical criticism. Sure. As a, you know, so, you know, you're not, you're not beating a, yourself up because it was too loud. Exactly, you're just like, exactly, oh, that's going to exactly. be unpleasant. So I'm going to just rejig that. <laughs> right. Or how about this? It's not, it's not that it's going to not, it's not a matter of saying it's going to be unpleasant. It is unpleasant. So it's a still a present process. There's no projecting that it is or isn't going to be anything at the end. What it is in the moment is like, uh, you know, I got to switch this little tweak up a little bit. So yeah, there is some self-criticism in the moment, but usually that comes after the basics have been already laid down. So now this is generally in a more of a post-production mentality of like, oh, I'm adding this, I'm taking this away, I'm trying to you know make this a little more fun in this section, you know. So that's sort of the post-production additives, you know, in a way. So. 
right here, right now, that it be said. Is is there anything you'd like to touch on before we before we wrap this up? You feel like you'd like to give a bit more uh, attention to? I think just sort of as a as a sort of a, to wrap it up and stay in the theme of being just letting it flow here at the end without any kind of preconceived sort of it may sound a little repetitive but i would say that it doesn't matter who you are we all have life experiences we all have a richness that is all our own and we all have different intentions and different desires and wants, yet some of those wants and desires are the same. But in terms of being creative and being good to yourself, being good to others, and living with a general sense of compassion and having the desire to have a sort of understanding in the world you live in with the people you live with and around, I think any form of creativity where you allow yourself to be free and uncritical, whether it's writing, whether it's voice notes, whether it's setting up a camera and just recording stuff, if we, if we just do it, there's generally going to be a sense of satisfaction in just doing, in just acting that out, whatever that is. And whatever that is may never see the light of day, but just by doing it itself, there develops within someone a knowingness that it's worth the effort. And again, it could be what it could be whatever it, it, it could be planting flowers, writing in a journal, writing a novel, doing a cartoon series, doing a webisode, doing it's all the same thing, really. It really is all the same thing. And all these things just take an effort that is void. Yes, the, the, there's going to be a critical voice in there. And at some point, there's gonna, you're going to need to have some discernibility if you want to take something to the next level, to produce it or what have you. But there has to be some desire, passion to want to do that, go through a process and love and find a way to enjoy that process. And it's not easy to do that. And, and really the, the only thing that makes it easy is doing it. The process of recording your authentic moment in the moment, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Or the, the process of writing in my journal or the process of, you know, what we're talking here really is the, the nuts and bolts of life. The process of how I prepare my meal. The process of how I uh, how I talk to people, how I listen to people, the process it it ends up becoming about every process. It's not just the process of our creativity and not being critical of what we're creating and having the energy and passion to do what it is we want to do, but it's really it's it's having some level of pride and passion in everything because 
at some point you realize in your life, most people, when they get to a certain age, it could, it's different for everybody, but let's just say it's past somewhere around the midway point of our lives. We start to realize, hmm, this is not an infinite deal here. We live in a finite, our lives are finite in the sense that whatever happens after we die, you know, we all have our own impressions of what that might look like. But we do know that if you've had any kind of experience, which I know you have experienced, you know, death in your family and I have in mine, you start to realize with every one of those experiences that your life has its its limitations and it will come to its end. And so the motivation, the realization of that isn't so much to be morbid or sad or it just to me is more of a reflection of time the finite nature of time and the quality that we have a choice to put into that space and time. And that's what this ends up becoming about. It becomes about how we make quality out of every moment, not just the moment that we're trying to be something or create something, but it ends up becoming everything that we are. It goes into everything that we do. And that, 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 that we're speaking of is the presence, authenticity, and the sense that when you're with other, and it could be with yourself too, but with, especially when you're with other, that you give that other, whether it's your mother, your sister, your girlfriend, your friend, whoever it is, you give them a space, you give that other a space of safety. So it's not only that you and I as creative beings are trying to create a space for ourselves, but you're trying to create a space for others. And maybe that's more of the answer, over, overall answer to sort of the question, is that maybe if we're creating that space for others, we automatically create it for ourselves. And if we create that space for others, then we're automatically creating it for ourselves in the sense that that's the happy accident. You see, by putting it, by creating it for others, and I think it's, this is another to conversation is how, what that means. And we'll do that in maybe another, that maybe we can do a part two or something. Or that sounds some, really good. A, yeah. That's a, a huge, continuation. huge topic. Um, it's a fascinating because, area. Yeah, because this is now becomes more about if we if we are creating a space for others, then we've almost and we're not connected to our own success or sounding good or looking good or feeling good, but it's it, by default we are creating a space for ourselves. We're creating it for others, and we can talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'll add this. I'll say this just to just as another kind of thought, real quick. And I know that we've done you know way beyond where you know we're two hours in or something. When you put it out there, if it's put out there, whatever's put out there, you can be sure you're going to get criticism. It's it's undoubtedly there are going to people who are going to say that's garbage, trash, bullshit. It's just a waste of my time. And these people are going to go, wow, that's interesting. You know, what does that mean? And so you put it out there and then it's open to criticism. And then what? 
see, my feeling is, is that the criticism has to be used to embolden the process. If you're going to put anything out there and someone's going to say, oh, you're just like noise or you're, ugh, what are you saying? Or it's chaos or I can't listen to it. It's so negative or whatever. My sense is that whatever that criticism is, good, bad, or ugly, is that it has to be emboldening. It has to be something that, in, that pushes you into the process, not makes you run away from it. So and that's hard. so using so will you incorporate that feedback or is it, it just the very fact that it's a criticism will sort of drive you harder to make No, I would stuff? incorporate it. I I would say both, Ben. I would say both. You incorporate it, you use it or you discard it. I think all of the above. And I'll give you an example. One person once said to me about some of the things I did. They said you know, there's some interesting stuff there, but you have no resolution. It feels like it has beginning, middle, but no end. Now, that's not true for everything, but a lot of it, okay? And so that to me is useful criticism because now when I'm creating something, I can start thinking in terms of like, okay, well, that's a good beginning. Oh, that's a very interesting middle. Now I need to end it. Now I need to find an end. Now, I don't need to have a fun end. Don't get me wrong. It could just stand for on its own for what it is and just be beginning middle with no end. But that criticism is not something I'll shoo away necessarily. It's something that I'll look at as something that's like, okay, I, that sounds interesting. That's that's valuable. That can be valuable, you right. know, that criticism. Right. I understand. And, so, and, and I mean, there's a difference between constructive criticism and just straight up like personal right. attack on you as a person for right. these creations. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously those can, I feel like those can be dismissed fairly safely because you've, if that does happen, you are like, Oh, I've triggered an emotional response within another person that's caused them to attack me as a person. I mean, no one deserves that. Uh, that can, that can happen. Uh, it might it might hold a lot of people back from sharing, but I mean, we we know it's not about us; it's more about their trigger reaction. Um, I think I think we should wrap it up because it's, it's going to get it's 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 already gotten to an insane. It is all right. So have a good day. What is it like? It's so twelve o'clock there. Just past five five p.m. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so I'll let you go. Cool. I'm going to take Mark. the dogs out. And hit the bed and i'll talk to you soon okay sure have a good night and uh yeah speak to you soon thanks for your time cheers you too bye